Welcome back to Double Trouble with TNC. Hey, what up, homies? Whoa. Come and take this journey with me. That was fucking adorable. Sorry. I'm obsessed. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Double Trouble. This is Chloe. And this is Tess. And we are back in action. Back in black. I know, we did that last episode. Yeah, I'm taking But I'm wearing gray and you're not even wearing like an ounce of black, Ooh, it feels like. so. I look serotonin heavy today. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wait I don't like how I'm, I said that wait no but like can you imagine my aesthetic is serotonin heavy you know <laughs> like, I'd girl, be okay with that it's not brick red it's orange <laughs> like, <you know> <laughs> yeah what the fuck is up how was your week how was your weekend we haven't talked in eight years yeah it's been a minute um we we're have, still editing the old yeah, one yeah we have an episode but. in the works um it should be out pretty soon we hope yeah um, I mean it will be for sure mm-hmm but we figured we would get ahead on the editing, so we uh, went ahead and researched, and we have an episode for you today as well. Honestly, what have I been up to? What have you been up? Can you go first? Well, I was just, yeah, sure. I was just going to say my perspective is it's personally, like, if you feel like recording, I always think it's good to record because it's better to record when you're in the mood and mm-hmm. not to record, like, you know, when you're just yeah. like, Bleh. So I oh, the reason why we took, sorry, the reason why we took so long is because our audio had issues too. Yeah, so that's, a new place. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's still, I personally feel like it's still a little fucked right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm picky. We're so. not going to, well, we're not going to throw it away, you know. Right. So I, last weekend, I, I mean, frankly, I'm not really 100% sure what I did. I know I played some video games. Mm-hmm. I know. What's, I guess what's oh, new I from went the out last with, time we recorded. Yeah, I went out with Ariana. Um, a friend from high school who, okay. like, I haven't seen in years, so that was awesome. And mm-hmm. then I made, like, a little small world connection. I was FaceTiming a friend, and they walked out onto um, the patio, and they were like, hey, this is Chloe, and, like, Sal was there. And oh. Sal was like, no, that's my Chloe. And I was like, oh, my God. It was, like, so Mutual exciting. friends? Question Dude, mark? it was a weird small world. That's weird. Search. How many um, people do you FaceTime? I can't tell you the last time I FaceTimed someone. I FaceTime you all the time. I was FaceTiming Sal when you got here. <laughs> I know. I'm like a... There's certain people I FaceTime. You're one of them. Sal is one of them. She does, you know, I lied. She does FaceTime me. Yeah. It, it's only people that are like actually a very... I don't, I, listen, you need an appointment to FaceTime me. That's I, all I'm going to say. First of all, I'm not you. blood relative. So yeah, not you. No, but most slow people your need fucking an appointment. <laughs> Most people need an appointment because I don't fucking. I'll, I'll, most of the time, I look like a six. I don't want. Well, that's that. what I'm saying, right? Like, no. I'll only Facetime people because I know that I can look like absolute ass, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of what I did that weekend. And then I actually, as I said, I've been working this week. Facetime sound. As I said. Um, as I mentioned previously, love. You were fucking listening in my previous email. <laughs> Me at work. Holy fuck. Anyway, so I've been Holy working. Fuck. And then today I went and got blood work done after work. I wanted to kill myself. Oh my god. I fucking, ooh, it, that shit hurted. Not the blood work. But like, what I did yeah. was I forgot that I had blood work. And then when I was driving home, I remembered I had an appointment for blood work that I was supposed to go to after work which no i was still on time because it's literally on my way home and that's how previous chloe past chloe scheduled it because she was like get her one that's on her way home makes sense past chloe's pretty chill she thinks things out present chloe Chloe. where the fuck am i you know i mean you have more uh knowledge from the past my friend 
Dude, that's literally what I'm saying, though. So past Chloe, Chloe, she scheduled that shit, and it was, Mm -hmm. like, perfect. So it was literally on my way home, and I was like, well, I'm not even going the wrong direction. So that was fucking... Bet, bitches. So that was perfect. (laughs) But, yeah, honestly, I I mean, like, not really a new development for me, because I've always played video games, but I restarted Tales of Vesperia. I know. I think you've watched me play that Mm -hmm. one. Um, if you do want to come over this weekend at all and just watch me fucking play, because I've been just fucking playing that game out the wazoo. Could be cute. It's so fun. You know, well, so the way I like to game is I specifically like to grind. If you don't know, yeah, if you don't know the terminology, it sounds weird, but grinding is essentially when you try and level your character up as much as possible through battles, through things Mm. like that, so... I played JRPGs, so that's why that's Japanese role playing. Oh, okay. so that's what test me to face. <laughs> I knew the RPG, but I was like, what the fuck does the J stand for? Yeah, well, I really, I mean, I play more RPG games like Dragon Age, Tales of, like mm-hmm. shit like that. I'm not really into like Call of Duty or something like that. And <laughs> you don't play Call of Duty, bro? Yeah, I actually don't have a toxic personality, and I do know how to communicate you with people. Don't wear Axe Cologne. No. <laughs> You're not when a twelve year old. When his colon <laughs> when you can still smell his colon after you Ew. <laughs> you know what? when people misspell that shit? No. And you're just like, babe, sweetie, anyway. People who misspell things. Get get some help. <laughs> Stop it. Get, get some, some help. help. <laughs> that's how but, I feel, honestly. Right? Like I abbreviate but... things, but that's intentional, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you oh fucking weirdo. Chloe sent me um a meme the other day that was like, what was it? Can you, do you remember what oh, it was? Oh, I don't remember what she said. It was said. like, I, I, it was like, I'm not going to say anything weird today. I promise. <laughs> yes. That's what she said. She, she sent it to me and I was like, yeah, that's She me. was like, I know I've been shortening my words, but like, I'm not going to say anything weird today. I promise. Promi. <laughs> and I was like, Tess. <laughs> it's like, that's literally Tess. When the for you page is a little too for you. Mm. Spooky. It's like my FBI agent's like, hey, you like you might like this one. You might like this one. Hey, Kermit, Kermit the Frog here. You Kermit, might like this one. Kermit the Frog here. True. Yeah, that was pretty good for me. Yeah, that was good for I me. I can't do impression. No, that was pretty solid. Thanks. But yeah, I've been playing video games. Re-upped on that Tales of Vesperia. Definitive edition. All my homies who know the fucking definitive edition, we got the full fucking version, not the fucking one that they originally released. So now we got an extra character. We got extra oh. dialogue. Oh. oh, we popping my pussy in this bitch. Oh, I am so excited mom. to be alive. Sorry about that one. Uh, I don't really care, uh, <laughs> frankly. It's my pod, and it's now on. <laughs> no, but I'm. It's fucking amazing. Yes. Max is in the podcast room with us. He looks so cool. He's so fucking sweet. Should we post a? We'll post a picture after Mixing. we record. I feel like no, he's sleeping. Just let him be cute. Mixing. Wait, I'll get a photo from him here because you can see his toe beans. Toe beans. Toe beans. Toe beans. Yeah, but that's what we're <laughs> witnessing right now. Um. Yeah, what have you been up to? Spill the tea. What's your Oh my your god, thank been? you so much for asking. What did I do? Since the last episode, what I've What did I gone... do, baby boo? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Since the last episode, I've gone to a couple shows, which is really cool. You mean show and tell? No, like, like they're like... They're like mini raves. Like, they're not raves, but they're in a club, and they have a DJ, so that's really cool. But I went and saw, like, two artists that I really like, so that was cool. Uh, shout out to all my my GFs in my workout Snapchat group. In the last episode, I talked about how I joined a workout program. It is Steph's 
workout program. It's called Defining, well, she, her Instagram is called Defining Fitness, and so it's called the Defining Fitness Guides. Check her out, guys, on Instagram, um, snappy chatty. Um, and then we but I've that. been bad about working out, not going to lie. But yeah, I can't lie to the homies. What am I going to do, lie? What am I going to do, lie to the homies? No. So hopefully we'll get back into that because I'm really fucking annoyed. I was going solid for like a good two weeks there, and then I, you know, life happens. And Me with my depression. You know, you, you have to make it, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. That one came out of nowhere. That one's relatable. So, apparently it takes three weeks to make a habit. I've known that for a while now. I can't even make it three days. So. I just, I don't, is that, like, I need the fucking scientific journal. I need it. I really I, think that's fuck a, a you thing. That say, like, not you, but, like, fuck whoever made that saying. Because, I think like, that's a thing. I Well, send me the fucking Carfax. I want the scientific Sorry, journal. I want the journal. I want to read how they did the experiment. Like, I want to read their fucking materials. I want to read their, like, process. I want to read their conclusion. Like, I want to see what they found. You know what I'm saying? Also, we can't just take one study at face value. The whole point of having multiple studies is so you can make sure that there's validity behind Mm. the findings of another study. I'm not seeing any .orgs or .edo. I'll have to look on I do see a .org. Hold on. Well, I mean, I would, I mean, listen, I don't even give a fuck if it says .org. I want, if this is a claimed to be study, I want the scientific journal. And I can look that oh, up because oh, oh. they In do a study it carried out at University College London, 96 participants were asked to choose an everyday behavior that they would turn okay, into a wait, habit. Okay, wait, though. That's not what I'm asking. Wait, I'm, Where is the I'm journal? trying to see. Uh, check the resources. It might be at the bottom. Where's the Carfax? The, whoa. All right, I skimmed through and I couldn't find it. Yeah, no, but that's, I mean, like, I just don't like Anyways. when people are like, according to science, I'm like, what fucking science? I'm, it's probably out there somewhere. I feel like you can't just make that shit up. Um, but no, anyways, no, sorry, so, that was a total. I feel tangent. like that's like a that's like I'm a known sorry. thing is that it takes like three weeks or whatever. Yeah, but it's like I can't even. Well, all I'm saying is I can't even make it three days. So three weeks is like impossible for me. Yeah. So sorry, I fucking hate that. True. But you know, maybe I'll try and be better about it. Uh, oh, I also um, met up with uh, my new roomie for oh my, my God, new that's apartment. So um, tell them, tell them what they have. Oh my God, I didn't finish my Snapchat group thingy though. Oh, I'm sorry. So. It's okay, I'll re-say it. Back to, back to my girlies in the Snapchat group. Um, so we did a program in April. Well, I didn't have the program. And then for May, it's Hot Girl Summer. <gasps> Cute. Love which that. I am having a Hot Girl Summer. Can I, I just am healthy. Say, I am blessed. Mm, I mm, am blessed. Mm, Having a hot girl summer. Um, <laughs> whatever we look like, we're having a hot girl summer, girls, okay? And gays, and days. I am having a hot girl summer. It's fucking warm outside. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that too. Like, I'm like the old lady. I'm like, it is fucking warm, Margaret. Yes. So uh, with that, you get access to the Snapchat group. I already talked about this. You get access to the Facebook group, whatever. So mm. me and the girlies on in the Snapchat group from April, we're BFFs now. So shout out to all you bitches. I'll let you know that uh, you're on the potty. <laughs> I can't stand you. I'll let you know like, that. I know that it's an inside joke, but I can't stand you. Like, everyone on the podcast knows, but, like, you say it, and I'm just like, hmm. So I'll let you guys know that you're on the podcast, and hopefully you take a listen. So, hi, if you are if you got this far. Are y'all actually besties? Like, do you talk, or is it just, I'm like, not, yeah, every hyping day. each other? It's, like, well, hyping, but, like, it's a, every day, like, we all, like, 
message each other and Snapchat each other in a group. It's fun. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cute. See, that's what I was kind of wondering. Um, it's called the Hot Girl Summer Shred, I think, because it was like a mix of the this one and whatever. Mm, the only shredding um, I'd be doing is eating shredded cheese out of the bag at three a.m. Tea. Anyways. Oh, and then I also met up with the person who's going to be my new roommate starting when my lease ends in the end of July. And she is super duper cool. Shout out Allison. She has two kittens. Kittens. And I love a good kitten. That should be very interesting and I can't wait. Dude, I fucking, I've already seen photos of those cats. I love them. Yeah. Me coming over to your house to see other cats that are not my own because I'm a whore. So that was a, that's been me the past couple fucking... Well, let's go ahead and talk about meeting people besides your roommate on the internet. Mm. Alrighty. Well, I guess we should get down and about into this business. Uh, it's only been 20 minutes of talking about ourselves. Has it so, really? Yeah. Oh my fucking God. It's I'm only been 20 minutes myself. of talking about ourselves. I'm cutting all of this. <laughs> you know, we missed you guys so much that we just can't shut the fuck up, apparently. I can never shut the fuck up. So today I went ahead and did it for y'all. And we're going to talk about... She had to do it to him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you should see me in the background. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm just uh. fucking around. So we're talking about John Edward Robinson today. <laughs> Sorry. If you're wondering, he is white. Yeah. If you're wondering. Name. Yeah. Um, that's a fucking saltine. If I've ever heard of him. He's one. trash. Um, Ooh, white trash. Mm, <gasps> got him. So go ahead and look up a picture of him. He's fucking ugly. If you want. Me. We'll also post it on Instagram. <laughs> me. <laughs> no, I swear to God, like, this man is so, was not cute, and he got away with so much shit, and I'm just like, how you be getting all these women, John? How you do it, John? You uggo. Ooh, me. I don't know. Anyways, John, or as I like to call him, J-Rob, in my notes. <laughs> I literally, the fucking the name J-Rob. Of the, what's the name of J, J from uh, Jersey Shore? J. J-Well. Jay Wow, there we go. <laughs> no, no, this is J Rob. Different one. This Whole, is Jay Nah. Completely different. Yeah. Completely <laughs> Not Jay Wow. Jay Nah. So, Jay Rob was born in Cicero, Illinois. Don't give him a nickname. It's fun. Robinson was born in Cicero, Illinois on December 27th, 1943. He was the third of. Actually, is because he's still alive. Um, <laughs> he is the third of five. So. He's the third of five children. He had an alcoholic father and a very disciplinarian mother. They grew up outside of Chicago, which is where Cicero is, and the neighborhood they grew up in was a working class neighborhood. And that's a nice way of saying that the the neighborhood valued hard work, but there was also a lot of gang activity and violence. So don't act like gangs don't you know, be putting in work. Yeah, they do. They I put see in you, work. brothers and sisters. So as a younger boy, uh, his dad put him in Eagle Scouts because he had some connections in that community, and it was a good way for John to make friends and experience trips and activities that otherwise his parents wouldn't be able to afford. Oh, did they pay for him? The Eagle Scouts like trips, oh, like that's they so sweet. it was part of the program. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know. So that. they got to do like experiences. It was like a way for kids in that neighborhood to like go out and experience things that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. Did you know he's also an Eagle Scout? Alistair, my boyfriend. Love that. He's also probably a serial killer. I'm kidding. We haven't figured that out yet. One day he'll probably no proof yet. me. I'm such a bitch. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. moving on to how we'll Eagle Scouts is actually good for children. And so, with the Eagle Scouts, they actually went to London at one point when he was 14, and they performed in front of Queen Elizabeth II. What did they perform? Some song, I guess. I don't exactly, I don't know. I didn't, I cannot imagine a bunch of like teenagers. Some song or like, I don't know, something like, they like got voted to go there or something. That's cute. And while he was backstage, apparently, 
he actually ran into the movie star Judy Garland, and she kissed him on the cheek, and this made a big story for the Chicago papers back home. That's hilarious. Judy, you didn't know you were kissing a serial killer at that time. So She christened him as a serial oh killer. Oh my god. She said, here's this for He me. was like, no other woman can live up to you, Judy. So, <laughs> when he gets back home... Later that same year, he enrolls at something called the Quigley Preparatory Seminary in Chicago. Can you imagine which if was, you're, wait, I'm sorry, can we talk about, can you imagine if you're writing a college essay and like, you're like, <clears> yeah, Judy <throat> Carlin kissed me once. <laughs> like, you know, like that's your... My life was forever changed when, when Judy, Judy Garland, Garland kissed me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but wouldn't that be funny if you were like, you have to that's accept a good me opener. into college because Judy Garland gave me a kiss once, opener. therefore I am... Well, if you're Judy Garland approved, you should be Harvard approved. I think that was probably back before you had to have a fucking stellar essay of trauma, you know, to get oh, into a college. I didn't, you know, I didn't think about that. That's like a thing. College costs you have to like talk about. You have to talk about like your trauma to get into Harvard, apparently. <laughs> so he enrolled at the Quigley Preparatory Seminary in Chicago, which was a private boys' school for aspiring priests. What the fuck? Yeah, he decided at a young age he wanted to be a priest. That didn't work out. He dropped out at the end of his freshman year due to poor grades and disciplinary issues. I, mm, so, I'm so uncomfortable with that, to be honest. In 1961, he enrolled at the Morton Junior College in Cicero, and that was to become a medical x-ray technician. He started attending the trade school to study radiology, but he only spent two years there, and he didn't finish his training. He dropped out again. I see a... A pattern. Wow, is this a man not making commitment? Sounds fucking normal to me. So after he drops out, he's like, "Mm, I still want to be in the medical profession, even though I don't have a degree or anything. So he applies to multiple hospitals for various positions, lying about his qualifications on the applications. And he ends up getting a job as a bookkeeper for a Chicago hospital. While he's working there in 1964 at the age of 21, he moves to Kansas City and meets 20-year-old Nancy Jo Lynch. Apparently, he asked her to marry him on their second date. Oh, And she said yes. I love two psychopaths. She really should have said no on that one. She pulled a fucking Elsa. Apparently she was... Oh, I'm sorry. She pulled an Anna from Frozen. Yeah. Dude, she married Hans. (gasps) Yo, sus. Mm, Apparently she was apprehensive. Yeah, I would be too She really should have gone with that that, that fucking idiot. That gut feeling. What the fuck? She should have gone with it, is all I'm going to say. I just... First of all, I said yes after the second date, but I was apprehensive to marry him. Why was it, sweetie? Was it because it was just the second date? Or was it the serial killer vibes? Was it maybe the fact that you off? didn't fucking know him at all? Like, what? I, serial killer vibes. I have me. several questions. So, very soon after they get married, she's going to give birth to their first child, and guess what he fucking names it? John. Judy. Oh, I thought it was going to be Judy. John Jr., because he's an asshole. John Jr. Jingle. <laughs> His name was my name, too. Yeah, yeah that's what he said because his dad didn't say I'd kill myself so, if I was named after my dad as a serial killer. Woo! So, um, <laughs> and that was in 1965. And that is later going to be followed by a, a daughter, Kimberly, in 1967, and a set of twins, Christopher and Christine, in 1971. I hate shit like that. Name your kids different I things. I like alliteration. You fuckos. All right, well, there's two types of people. So, <laughs> the fact during... that we're literally twins and we have differing opinions on that is hilarious. <laughs> Meanwhile, sorry. sorry. Meanwhile, the hospital finds that money is missing from their funds, and they ask around. Uh, they ask John, kind of accusatory, and he admits to stealing oh. the money. Ha! So, police weren't called because the boss actually felt bad. See, J. Rob. So, 
I wrote J-Rob in my notes. I hate you. It Why starts, did you fucking do so that? So police uh, weren't called because the boss actually felt bad for John um, because he had a pregnant wife at home and he assumed that he was just struggling. So um, all he asked was that he pay it back. I think he did. It's hard to keep track because he, he like ended up getting out of so many things that he's he had to Joanne pay back. He's the motherfucking scammer. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a scammer. So he paid it back and apparently the family was embarrassed so they left the city. They moved to Kansas City in 1965 in a rural county south of the city. During his time in Kansas City, he's going to develop a liking for really, really, like, gross bars. Like, when, you, when you're, when you like, walking down a neighborhood and there's a back alley and then there's a bar right next to it, think of it like that. Me. And he's also going to develop a lot of affairs with multiple women during this time so he applies for a job as a pediatric x-ray tech again he does not have the credentials for this but he was like fuck it so he lied saying that he was in med school at the time and he needed this job to help pay for it so he basically told the boss and everyone that during the day he would be at school med school and then at nighttime he would be working there so to get this job he also had three falsified medical documents or certificates that helped him get it, so he applied, and they were like, oh shit, this guy's overqualified, we gotta hire him, so they hired him, like, right on the spot. But, it was immediately apparent that he had no absolute fucking idea what he was doing. I'm so fucking done. Like, how are you gonna apply for a job and not even pretend to know what you're you doing? You know, I was gonna ask, and then I saw it, and I was He like, literally oh. doesn't know what he's doing. Cause, like, you can't... John. Okay. So, and they gave him the benefit of the doubt at first. They were like, all right, like, maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing because he's new. And because, you know, pediatric x-raying is different than adult x-raying. It's more difficult, apparently, because the kids won't sit still and stuff. So, just no, he was just a fucking idiot, and he didn't know what he was doing. He gets written up multiple times, and he has a lot of mess-ups. And also, his social life was starting to interfere with the job, all those affairs and everything. Oh. Yeah. This is messy. Messy, messy, messy. He's going to get arrested for the first time in Kansas City in 1969. Five years later. So he gets fired from this job. And thank God. He finds another job where he oversaw the x ray department at a place called Fountain Plaza X ray in 1966. This practice is owned by Dr. Wallace Graham. And during this time, there's a lot of red flags. Ugh, John the Red Flag King. So, Dr. Wallace Graham had a teenage son who was often in the office, and John would tell him about his escapades with women, which was, like, really, like, I'm making it sound a lot more PG than it was. He was, no, like, that's weird. You very R-rated. Yeah, about, like, and he was, like, 15 doing. years old, talking yeah, no, to, like, that's mm-mm. completely... So he was weirded out, and he was like, Dad, what the fuck? Also, money went missing. Duh, it's John. And all the employees had to forego Christmas bonuses one year because of this. And they all for like forewent their bonuses and they were like, okay, we're going to do this. And then as a staff, like whoever needed it, like they'll be good and we won't have to fire anyone. So like it's a warning for all of us. You oh know, it's like God. a God. No. It's a type of thing. I would be like, mm, I want to know who fucking did it. But they didn't know. I would so put on my Sherlock hat and figure it out They didn't know who did it, so all the staff was like, we're a family, and whoever did it probably needed the money. I love a good toxic workplace. Yeah, and so... Yeah, I needed that bonus, Karen. Mm-hmm. But what really pissed them off about that is is John would come in and brag about all the things he was buying. Fucking idiot. He didn't say John was smart. Idiot king, apparently. And that would be because he was embezzling up to $100,000 or maybe more from the medical practice of Dr. Wallace Graham. He also had sexual affairs with both staff and patients as well. This man's is just 
How the fuck are you fucking toxic so many people king. being this ugly? I'm telling you, did you look up a picture of this man's ugly? It's fuck. We, we watched the fucking thing together. Oh, he's ugly. So <laughs> he, he it just um, shows white privilege. God, this is white male privilege. He was, he was not cute, and he like apparently he was fucking weird too. So I don't know how he's getting all these women. So maybe they felt bad for him. Ooh, sorry. I don't know. We've all been there. Eventually. He was charged for up to $33,000 of the 100000 because that's all they could prove. And he was sentenced to three years probation, which was like, okay, $33,000? Like, only three years probation? Okay, we'll take it. So, she tested on behalf of him in court, and I'm pretty sure she okay, was pregnant with her second kid at the side. Yeah. If I say tested? You are. And that's Sorry, I wrote tested. <laughs> so, do testified. You wanna, do you want to re-say that? No. I'll just be an idiot. Okay, so, I, just, I wasn't trying to sound like a cunt. I was No, like, no, no, no. I wrote tested because I was typing fast. I love you. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Um, she testified on behalf of him in the court. No, thank you for saying that. Otherwise, I would have sounded like a fucking idiot. No, I was just, I was legitimately confused. And I was like, like and I felt like such no, an girl, asshole just, for Just correct him. me okay. if I sound like a dumbass. Ooh. That'll make me sound a little less like a dumbass because then I'll be like, oh. I always sound like a dumbass. You, you know? know? We are too. twins. Oh. <laughs> so after this court proceeding, he is going to get another job that he's definitely not qualified for. But you know him. So, he becomes a systems analyst at the Kansas City branch of Mobile Oil, and he forges his credentials to get that job. He's eventually caught stealing $372. I believe it's just items in general. I don't think it's, like, it says $372 worth of stamps. I was like, But I think fuck? he got caught stealing the stamps. So, it was $372 oh. worth of things. I don't know, maybe it was stamps. Who fucking knows? That's, I was saying, like, so, whose man's is a stamp collector? What's happening? I don't know. So he gets caught stealing again, and he works out a deal to pay it back, and he only gets a misdemeanor, even though he's on probation. I don't understand. This man is, like, slipping in and out of the courts, bro. He is such a manipulator. I bet he was like, Mr. Judge, let me tell you, I'm a good man. I got three kids. I'm a good man. I got four kids. I just... I bet he did that shit. It just shows how fucked up the criminal justice system is. It literally happens again and again. Yeah. It just makes me angry because it's like... If he would have gotten half of what he should have gotten for these crimes, he probably wouldn't have been out and killing people. Well, that's what... But they just kept giving him probation the whole time. That's what annoys me is you can steal thousands of dollars from, like, a company, but you're caught carrying, like, a little bag of weed and it's It's like... It's like, ooh, jail for life. Life sentence. Mm. Three strike law. I'm like, can you Mm. three strike law motherfuckers like this? We're pieces of shit. Honestly, it's like ten strike law for this motherfucker. I can't. I can't fucking stand it sorry that mm, it's all good strikes enough so he then violates his probation again by moving back with his family to chicago without his probation officer's permission he takes a job as an insurance salesman which he actually might be qualified for because he's a fucking manipulator at the rb jones company in 1971 he's arrested again for what do you know an embezzling firm funds up to fifty six hundred dollars he's ordered to pay that back and ordered back to kansas city where his probation was extended he decides i'm gonna open a medical consulting company of my own because if he's the boss he's never gonna get caught embezzling how the fuck do you consult people i don't know how that works how does that work i don't know how that works but the thing is it's a fake company he's not actually consulting you know so we don't have to worry about it he hires a young secretary at the time who was pregnant and down on her luck so i think that the reason he does this is because she needs the job so bad that if he pays her well, she's going to stick around and not really talk about any of the shady things that she sees. Yeah. And also, I feel that this is where he gets his kind of feel for, like, his victims. It's women who are either down on their luck or insecure or vulnerable. Basically someone he can take advantage of. Yes. He also 
worked at the University of Kansas's Family Medical Center. What? So he opened this medical consulting company, but it's not making him any money because he doesn't actually fucking do anything with it, bro. So, he, like, to make side money, he works at the University of Kansas's Family Medical Center because he has all these forged credentials. And he'd get let's go because, what do you know it, money goes missing. 1975, his probation's extended again. This motherfucker on probation for the rest of his life, I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, what the fuck? So, it gets extended again after he gets arrested once more and fined $2,500 because with his medical consulting company, he's charged with security fraud and mail fraud. And this is because... He basically wrote a big fake letter from this well-known laboratory company that said it would invest in his firm. He then used this to persuade people to buy stock in his company. That's not His company's not even fucking real, bro. Like, it doesn't even do anything. So he convinces other people to buy stocks, and that is obviously illegal because it's not real. So he's fined $2,500. His probation gets extended again because, what do you know, he doesn't, you know, deserve any jail time, God forbid. And apparently this is covered really heavily in Kansas City by the media because this lab company was so well known that it puts a damper on John's reputation and his family's reputation too. Um, His kids get made fun of at school for this type of thing. John Jr. gets made fun of at school because one, he was kind of a a unique kid anyways apparently. And now people are using this to make fun of him as well. That's... Dude, I hate when like... That's what I always hate is, up, like, huh? in these stories, nine times out of ten, like... They fuck with their family, too. Yeah, and like, that's what bothers me. It's yeah. like, you can be a shitty person by yourself, but please yeah. don't bring your children into it. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So, to fix this problem, what do you know? John decides that the family's gonna move again. I love running away from all my problems. Oh my god, he's bringing out all the qualities of my ex. He moves his family down to uh, Stanley, Kansas. He's still in the same fucking state. Yeah, he's not moving from the state. He's just moving cities. So Kansas City is where that story was really big. But he moves down to a a rural Mm. uh, Stanley. I guess the city is called Stanley, and that's, you know, a little bit better, apparently. Because he can kind of restart. They have a three-acre plot of land in a rural um, development that's new. He is going to, during this time, he's really going to try and work on fixing that reputation that he tarnished so he tries to cultivate and maintain the outward appearance of a well-rounded citizen and a family man he's gonna do this by engaging in every single fucking activity that you can think of he became a scoutmaster. he became a coach both baseball and volleyball he became a sunday school teacher he was the head of his homeowners association like this man did everything and i don't know where he got the time so in 1977 he talked his way onto the board of directors at a local charitable organization and he forged a bunch of letters from its executive director to the mayor of Kansas City. Ugh, love that. Trying to trying to get that uh, reputation up again. Why would you? I mean, like, I can't believe. Can you imagine being like, he's hey, so, let me convince you guys. He's also, so bold. I'm on this now. Let me just fucking go he's ahead and so, forge letters like, from you. He's so blatant and bold. It's, it's like, like wild. what kind of psycho dude? Bro? Like the like, balls? I don't. He's like, oh my god, have you met John Edward Robinson? He's like fucking right. Dude, this is literally all men. They like put themselves up on this fucking pedestal really? and they're like, I'm the greatest person alive. Literally. And I'm like, dude, you don't even fully wipe your ass. Yeah. There's shit stains in your boxers. <laughs> wipe your Sir, ass and then please, come talk to please me. Please take a shower. Spread your ass cheeks in the shower <laughs> and then come talk to me. The water doesn't clean it? It makes me gay. <laughs> like, I, you know, so, this is how much I hate men, guys. Really. It's really coming out. So he writes this letter to the mayor of Kansas City 
and from the mayor to other civic leaders and he basically you know he just talks himself up he commends his generous volunteer efforts and just sings his praises in general he literally created an award and gave it to himself bro. i can't i can't stand he this he created man of the year of stanley like kansas oh that's fucking and Ew. Awarded it to himself, dude. Mm. That was like his first action in this at in in this place of power. And he threw an awards luncheon in his own otter. Otter? In his own honor. Man, that's a big ass honor. So the media covers this and several people write in and they're like, uh, he gave that award to himself. And do you actually know his background? So the media, like the newspapers that covered it, they come got pissed. And they spent about two weeks exposing this motherfucker oh my God, as the fraud it. that he was. But again, this only really affects his wife and his children because John can talk his way through everything. I'm obsessed. Literally. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Ugly ass noodle head? Apparently. So that was in 1977. In 1979, he completes his probation. Wow! <laughs> Amazing. That's not going to last long. Um, he, <laughs> 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 he completes his probation, and then in 1980, what do you know? He's arrested again. This time on multiple charges, which are going to include embezzlement and check forgery, for which he actually serves time. But don't get too excited; it's only 60 days, and he has five years of probation added to oh, him. Oh wow! Nothing's changed in 1982. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> so the, the reason why he got arrested is because a secretary that he had been having an affair with at the time had been helping him with his like shady business doings, and she was like, eventually she gave him an ultimatum, and she was like, "You pick me, or you pick Nancy." And he was like, uh, I'm going to stick with Nancy. So I, she literally was like, 911, and she called the police on him. The fact that, okay, 911 in general, that she wanted to be with him. Let's just talk about that. I don't know. Here's, here's her first mistake. Literally. Yeah, I could literally count on my fucking, like, hands and feet how many women were with this dude. I, can't I don't know stand, why. I literally can't I don't stand why. anything. I just thought that was funny. She literally turned him in. She was like, mm, I'm pissed. Which, like, good for you, girl. Me and all men. So... At this time, Nancy gets tired of the bullshit and she files for divorce. Me. But he convinces her to stay. And she stays for the family. <laughs> he said, Catholic guilt. Literally. Oh, God. And it's like, back in the day, it's like the 70s. It's like, ooh, I scandal. I can't stand that. Scandal. Ugh. Drop him, ladies and gents. <laughs> after his release, uh, after those 60 days, he forms a bogus hydroponics business, which is, do you know what hydroponics is? I do. What is it? Um, I know, so, I, I like looked it up a little bit. Yeah, so when we were watching the documentary, it seems to be like some sort of like water system that like would be good for plants. The process of growing plants in sand, gravel, or liquid with added nutrients, but without soil. Well, and see, like, I can I just be honest with you? Sure. The girls and the gays have been doing this since like the <gasps> 1800s. I'm sorry. The, um, you guys literally, like, this is how they farmed back in the day, kiddos. It, the, yeah. Not everyone had soil. He's going to form this, again, bogus company. It's a hydroponics business that he has this grand idea for. I don't really think he had an idea. He just wanted to pretend. Is to anything in again. his life grand or is he just pretend it is? Frankly, I mean, let's be honest. Pretend. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually swindled $25,000 from a quote unquote friend, because you won't do that to a friend, to whom he promised a really fast investment return so that he could pay for his dying wife's health care. I'm pissed. Isn't that really sad? I'm actually pissed. Yeah. 
He's also, along with that, he's going to become less popular with his neighbors, too, because he reportedly had begun sexually propositioning his neighbor's wives, which would result in a fist fight with one of the husbands. What the fuck? This man's ugly. What is he doing? That is so uncomfortable. Ugh. His animals that he purchased when he was at that one firm where he was bragging about all the things that he bought. He bought a horse. He bought two dogs. They got taken away from his little three-acre plot of land because apparently... The neighbors called the Humane Society to complain because they looked hungry and, like, they were left out in That's the elements. That's fucking depressing. Isn't that sad? That's fucking I'm just glad depressing. they got out of there. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So, and apparently he could also be heard yelling at his kids and Nancy, like, constantly, like, day and night. So, 1984, about two years later, is when the actual murders are going to start to begin. So, he's just, like, making his way up to the crime list. Making his way uptown. Yeah, pretty so much. So, he didn't kill that first secretary, then? That first nope. lady that he hired? No. Nope. Oh. Okay. No, no, no. Interesting. I think that's just where he got the that's idea for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a good point to mention. Mm, okay. So, that is interesting. So the murders are going to begin, unfortunately, because he's a piece of shit. Ooh. And in 1984, he's going to start up two more fraudulent shell companies. I don't know how he keeps track of all this shit. I don't know how they're letting him. Like, wouldn't the bank be you like, You just start no. up a company, apparently. I mean, it's you can start a company, but is it really going to be anything? No, you have to make it into something. Yeah, I guess. So... He's going to start two more companies. They're going to be called Equi Plus and Equi 2. I don't know what that has to do. Maybe it has to do with the hydroponics. Equi 1 plus 1 equals Equi 2. Honestly. So, Andy put a help wanted ad in the newspaper for a sales rep job. Ew. Robinson hires Paula Godfrey, who is 19, to work as a sales representative. And Godfrey told friends and family, she was working for him for a little bit, and then she told friends and family that Robinson was actually going to be sending her and some other colleagues away for a training in Texas. After hearing nothing further from her, once he picks her up, Godfrey's parents file a missing persons report. Basically, he picks her up to take her to the airport, and then she's never heard from again. Police questioned Robinson, who denied any knowledge. He was like, what? I really don't know what you're talking about. I've never even heard of him. Shut the fuck up. He didn't say that, but like... (laughs) So... And the father was like, dude, where is Paula? And he's like, I don't know. So suspiciously, the dad was like, yo, you got three days to like poof up Paula or else I'm going to fucking go off. Like, you don't even want to know. So two days later, the parents receive a typewritten letter with Godfrey's signature at the bottom, thanking Robinson for his help and saying that she was okay and she didn't want to see her family. So the investigation was ended. Police are like, oh, I don't know. She's of legal age. When you hang out with your family all the time, but suddenly you don't want to see them. Yeah. And also everything is going well with this random white man. <sighs> if I ever do anything like that, you know I'm being murdered. Because the police were really If like, I say I enjoy the presence of a man's company. I'm lying. You know, I could not be farther that's from not, the truth. Right? That's a red flag. Yeah. Anyways, the police were like, uh, can't can't do anything. She's a legal age and, you know, we haven't found any evidence of wrongdoing. Our hands really? Are tied. Because she's missing. Our hands are tied. Pretty much. And unfortunately, Godfrey has, her body has never been found. No trace of her after that. So John is then going to buy a duplex in downtown Kansas City under Equitu's name. And he would do that a lot. He would use his businesses to buy things because I'm sure he had like a company credit card. Jesus. And with the help of an experienced prostitute, he set up a prostitution ring. So the girls that got hired there, they basically lived there and um, they would be employed as sex slaves, basically, for any of his clients that came by there. Mm -hmm. He also claimed to have joined a secret sadomasochism cult called the International Council of Masters, 
And apparently this was like a real thing. Like this wasn't just made up. This isn't like, the Illuminati. No, this wasn't. Yeah, I know it sounds weird. It was apparently a real thing. It's not something that John made I'm up and, so then pre- and then pretended was real. Ew. He did this with some of the friends and people in the community that he knew in this like BDSM stuff. So this council of masters would portray themselves as people who are into BDSM. But the BDSM community is not about this bullshit Basically, sadomasochism, I looked it up because I wanted to be for sure about what it meant. Yeah. And it's a combination of two words. So sadism is the tendency to derive pleasure, especially sexual gratification, from inflicting pain, suffering, or humiliation on others. And then, in turn, masochism is the complete opposite. It's it's doing that on inflicting one's own pain or humiliation. Trigger warning on this next part. There is mention of sexual assault. Um, so if that's yeah. not something you're okay with, please skip forward about 15 or so seconds. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He was known to call himself the slave master, and apparently in this club, that's why I'm saying like it's apparently it was very real. His duties were supposed to have been luring victims to these club gatherings to be tortured and and raped by the cult members. And eventually, the duplex is going to turn into a BDSM club where he employs girls willingly, as you know, willingly in the in the in the duplex, and then not so willingly in the actual. International yeah. Council of Masters club meetings. Yeah, I that guess. doesn't fucking make any sense. No, it's crazy. This, uh, and I'm like, how does this guy get involved there's in all no this shit? There's no way for this. Like, there's nothing about this that is consensual, and that's no. the really annoying thing because, you know, even those girls who are willingly working, like in the duplex, it's like, honey. Well, no. Here's the thing. It's like they can willingly work in the duplex, you know, but it, it's a matter of okay, they're doing a prostitution ring, now they're being sexually abused. There's a huge different step there. And I mean, you can look at prostitution as a form of sexual abuse. Frankly, it really depends on who the person is because some people are okay, you know, sex work. Some people choose it, some people fall into it. And that's that's the gray area, and that's what sucks about this, is that there's clearly, frankly, in my opinion, no consent involved. And for him to escalate it this far, not only affecting, like, his life, but other people's, it's, mm-hmm. it's clearly what he has a tendency to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, he is, like, just an absolute disregard for anyone else. Yeah. So, during this time, he is going to stumble onto another situation of where he sees a potential moneymaker. And he will do anything to get a quick buck, like, and scheme, even on his family. So his brother and his brother's wife were looking to adopt for about five years through the Catholic Church, and they weren't having any luck. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but apparently they weren't having any luck with it. And John swoops in, and he's like, oh my god, I totally, I have connections in, like, the adoption business, whatever that fucking means. That's terrifying. And he starts looking for single pregnant women who could provide a child, presumably so that he could then, I guess, kill the lady and sell the child to the... Ew. Isn't that crazy? Ew. So he tells his brother and his brother's wife that in May of 1984, he's like, hey, listen, I found someone, you know, there's a baby, it's going to be born in October, and they need about $2,000 so I can secure this and get all the paperwork done and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the brother's like, sure, sure. John said, okay, can you put it under Equitu's name? Okay, thank you. So he sends the money over to Equitu. And apparently, a couple months later, it's like December, and the brother's like, okay, like we have the baby room all done. Like we're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, where's the kid? It was supposed to be born in December or October. So John comes back and says, oh, yeah, like there was problems with the paperwork, and it's just kind of stuck in the system, like... It's going to be about another $3,000 to, you know, 
for the extra work that the lawyers and stuff are doing on behalf of Equitu. And they're like, okay, like they, you know, it's his brother. Like, of course he's going to trust him. And he's like, okay, like him and his wife copped off another $3,000. Around Christmas time, three months after Godfrey vanishes, Robinson claims to have started the Kansas City Outreach Program. And apparently this is to help downtrodden women. In reality, he's going around looking for someone who's pregnant so that he can get this baby and give it to his brother. He goes to several shelters and hospitals telling social workers. This is like during the time that he's getting this money from his brother. Mm -hmm. He goes around to shelters and hospitals looking around telling social workers that he works for this program. And they're either really receptive or they're not. A lady named Karen Gaddis, a former social worker, said she was told that the program worked with young pregnant women or women with newborns to help them get back on their feet and find a place to live. But because John wasn't able to get any referrals from actual social services, he went directly to the source and just approached these women himself. So Gaddis and another social worker apparently were really suspicious of him. They were like, why does he need these needy white women and their babies just in time for the holidays. This is weird. Oh, yeah. I didn't and think about that. apparently they were not the ones who referred a woman named Lisa Stacy to, to John. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So Lisa Stacy is going to be referred to John at some point. And that's in 1985. He's using the name John Osborne instead of John Robinson. That's one of his aliases. He meets Lisa Stacy and her four-month-old daughter, Tiffany, at a woman's shelter in Kansas City. This is kind of how he goes about these types of things. He promises these women things that they're wanting or things that they're needing. Usually it's money, usually it's clothes, usually it's a job. Um, so he promises Stacy a job in Chicago, an apartment, and daycare for her baby. And he asks her to sign several sheets of blank stationery for the paperwork, apparently. Uh, I hate it. So he picks up Stacy and and her daughter, and puts them up at the Roadway Inn Hotel while apparently the apartment's going to get secured and everything. He puts it under Equitu's name, the card, and John Osborne is the name. And apparently they're trapped inside by a blizzard at the time, so they're kind of just like spending time in the hotel room. Stacy's family said that during one of those days they get a call from her, and she's crying hysterically, and she's yelling at them and saying, why is my estranged husband, the guy who was Tiffany's dad, why mm-hmm. is he divorcing me, and why uh, is my mother mother-in-law trying to take custody of Tiffany, blah, blah, blah. This wasn't the case at all. This was lies that John had fed her saying that this was what they were going to do. And I don't know what kind of scheme he was trying to play with Lisa, but she's like screaming and crying at her mother-in-law on the phone. And then all of a sudden she has to hang up and she says, oh, they're coming. They're, they're back. And she hangs up. And that's the last time that anyone's ever heard from Lisa. So it's a really weird situation. It's like, who's they? Like, what are they? Why were they telling her these lies? Like, what does that have to do with anything? So she's not heard from again. That's very suspicious. A few days later, Robinson contacted his brother and sister-in-law and he informed them that he had the baby and the baby was finally taken out of the legal system because the mother had committed suicide, which doesn't make sense. Because like the exact wouldn't it go to like the next of kin if the mom commits suicide? It's literally like the mom has to like willingly release the child, not release it by like death. So it depends like, on 
if there is next of kin. Yeah, no, that's what I mean, So, though. there's a lot that goes with that. Yeah, but it's, like, that's kind of weird. And, like, his brother doesn't question it, and I'm just like, mm. I think they're just happy that after, like, all this time. Yeah, you probably, you ignore a lot of red flags when you think when, everything's yeah, going on in your life. Yeah, when you're, like, seeing with rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. So, for, it ends up being around 5500 in legal fees. Ugh. Dawn and Helen Robinson receive Tiffany, and this is later proved by once John Robinson is caught and everything, this is later proved by DNA testing and fingerprinting. And it's, he includes a set of authentic appearing adoption papers with forged signatures of two lawyers and a judge. A missing persons report was filed by that social worker, Karen Gaddis, (gasps) for Lisa Stacy because she hadn't heard from her. And it went to the Oberlin Police Department. That's going to be a very common theme here. Lots of missing persons report to the Overland Police Department, so they're going to eventually get a, a big track list with John. Mm-hmm. However, she was seen as a runaway. That's why she was in the shelter to begin with. She ran away from her ex-husband because he was abusive, and unfortunately, she was never heard from again. John Robinson, when asked about where Stacy went, he calls the shelter. He makes it this big lie, and he actually calls the shelter, and he said... I can't believe you guys put this irresponsible woman with me. I was providing her healthcare, I was providing her a place to live, daycare, and she like skips town with some guy named Bill. Bill's not real, everyone. John is just yelling at this place so that he has an alibi, basically. Please never insult Bill Nye the science guy like He's that He's not again. real, everyone. Oh my god! No, yeah, but... So, John, John's like, oh my god, I'm so smart. Big brain energy. He was like, me. He literally was like, I'm gonna call them and pretend like she left me. Which, I mean, I guess it worked, but... I mean, that's a man for you, you know? Ooh. So, he calls the shelter and he was like, oh my god, so irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. I put all this, well, like, work and money into this lady. <laughs> and he said that apparently she left to Denver, Colorado with some guy named Bill. Can I say, honestly, frankly, if you're doing things with a charitable cause, like, just because it backfires on you would not actually, shouldn't be a reason that you're upset about it. If you're trying to help someone and they choose to do something else with their life, sir, snaps and claps. I don't... Snaps and claps, baby. You shouldn't be mad when they decide to do something else with their life. You should be supportive of them Very if true. you're trying to help them out and be charitable. Oh, so true. that is suspicioso, John. And that is where we're going to end it for this part. We are going to have a part two for J-Rob. So that was his crimes leading up to his first murder. Unfortunately, he is going to have uh, many more under his belt. He is garbage. Yeah, he is a garbage. So we thank you very much for listening. Please do give us a follow on Twitter at Double Trouble TC. You can also send us an email at double.trouble.pod at gmail.com. Tess, you want to hit them with the Insta? Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at double.trouble.pod. Yep, and those are our three social medias. Uh, so you can go ahead and give us, hit us up with a follow, you know, hit just like up. a tweet, give us a little retweet. Remember to hit that bell. I'm kidding, this isn't YouTube. Yeah. However, we always give out our email, of course, but Frankly, we really are more responsive on social media. True. So I would suggest reaching out to us on Twitter or Instagram. But yeah, besides that... I do want to say also as well, if you do, if you are listening right now, if you can give us a thumbs up or a follow on whatever platform you're listening with, if it's 
Apple Music, Apple Pods. I don't think we're on Apple Music. If it's no. Apple Pods, if it's um, uh, Spotify, Spotify, if it's whatever those other... I think we're, we're not. If it's on Apple Pods or Spotify, please give us a big thumbs up. However that works, leave us a comment, leave us a follow, whatever. You can leave a review. Yeah. Kind of add us to your favorites, things like that. Please do. We're trying to build it up and we're trying to get a, get out to you and your friendos. So. Also, I mean, yeah, there's that. And also, we, you know, we, unfortunately, we're not as consistent with posting. Mm-hmm. We're trying to become more consistent, but if you do, you know, add us to your favorites or something, you know, it'll show up in your new episodes to listen to, so yeah. you never miss anything. You're never like, what the heck, where are they? And it's like, oh shoot, you missed two episodes. That so. uh, that support is how we can build up into being a consistent podcast for you guys, and how we can get out episodes to you, you know? Sooner rather than later. Yeah, because if we yeah, have support... Yeah. We uh we would love to do it for y'all. So we thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to that little spiel there. Remember, stay out of trouble. But if you don't, keep, keep it double. double.